podcast one production. G'day, welcome to Be A Man. My name is Gus Wallen and my co-host and, uh, well, a bit of a legend when it comes to mental health, Dr Happy. How are you, champ? Good, thanks, Gus. It's great to be here. It is good to be here. Now, Dr Happy, talk us through that. What's your real name and why are you Dr Happy? <laughs> oh, well... It's not something I came up with my own. It was something that uh, that a friend or a colleague actually called me once as a bit of a joke. So my background's in clinical psychology, so the doctor bit's real. But about, uh, well, quite a few years ago now, I made a shift from clinical psychology to what's now called positive psychology. So my focus shifted from sort of mental health and problems through to what we call thriving and flourishing. How can we be as happy as possible and live our best lives as possible? Anyway, to go back, this mate of mine once signed off an email because I was talking a lot more about happiness, so saying, say, see you, Dr. Happy. I didn't really give it a lot of thought at the time, and I certainly wasn't that keen to adopt the name because I thought people wouldn't take me seriously. I had a good reputation, I was fairly well regarded, but I worked out pretty quickly that it could actually be quite useful. And, and to cut a long story short, it's kind of like my stage name. <laughs> and, uh, and it's quite useful because it's a way of getting into or entering into conversations that maybe wouldn't start otherwise. So this podcast called Be A Man, over the next certain amount of episodes, and you can sort of grab what episode you like at the moment because they've all been dumped together, but this is episode one. You can go to like the Mark Burris episode if you like, and he talks about his life and he talks about how men are defined by, you know, what they do for a living and so forth. Then there's a sex episode where you talk about, you know, how important that is in a relationship or how important that is for a man or social media. So all these episodes are there. They're all available and we're hoping that you will listen to them all, but you can cherry pick, if you like, the ones that you believe you need to know about a little sooner than the others. Yeah, I guess so. As you know, Gus, I guess what we've tried to do is present a whole range of different perspectives on that question. What does it mean to be a man? And I don't think you or I, you know, necessarily think we've got all the answers. Or even if, you know, even if I knew the answer for me and you knew the answer for you, there'd be different answers for people out there. But we're really hoping to um, start a conversation about what does it mean to be a man? Because you, know, you and I are both trying to work that out for ourselves. We've both got sons who are trying to work it out or help them work it out. And, um, you know, I think this is a really important time in the history of man, so to speak, and a great opportunity for us men to redefine what masculinity is. Because to be honest, we haven't got it right all the time, or a lot of men haven't got it right, and a lot of men are confused. And so I suppose by presenting these different perspectives, different people coming from different angles, hopefully people can find something in there that will help them be a better man. People think sometimes talking about these topics is a bit of men bashing. You know, like, what's wrong with being a man? And I suppose I really want to get across that there's nothing wrong with being a man. In fact, there's some wonderful qualities that it takes to be a man and we should never change that. But we haven't got all the answers and we're certainly not doing things 100% right. So I suppose what I love about this podcast is we've now gone through it is it gives you some things to think about and it gives you some ideas and it might make you just think about things a little differently. Mm. Oh, look, 100%. And, you know, I think we've been really careful and I think we've done a good job of not men bashing. That's not what this is about at all. That, Blokes that, do get defensive, though, well, don't they, when you start asking those sort of questions. Oh, definitely. And, look, you know, that's understandable because I suppose there are other people who might be taking a bit more of that aggressive, critical approach. But what is important to note, and this isn't man bashing, this is just looking at the statistics. We know for a fact that men who identify with a certain type of masculinity, and that's that uh, older stereotype of being strong and tough and aggressive and not showing emotions, we know that those sort of men are more likely to experience mental health problems. They're more likely to have drinking problems. They're more likely to have relationship problems. So this isn't bashing those men at all, but what it's saying to them is, 
there's a better way or maybe there's a different way. And by redefining manhood and masculinity, you can actually be a better man and a happier man and better husband, um, father, colleague, friend, etc. I think also it's really lovely to hear that you're not alone, that yeah, these problems that um, all us blokes have, all these issues, all these challenges, however you'd like to put it, it's actually really nice to know that most of us have at least one of those challenges, if not multiple challenges. And um, since I've been working in the mental health field, as soon as someone realises they're not the only one that is feeling that way, they're feeling a bit shit or a bit crappy or they're worried about this, that and everything else in their life, once you talk about it and you realise that most blokes have those issues as well and then all of a sudden you feel like you're a part of a team or a community that is just dealing with shit and that's what life is. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, when it comes to mental health, which we touch on quite a bit in the various episodes from different perspectives and hearing different men talk about it, what we know is that uh, mental ill health, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, doesn't discriminate, Um, you know, depending on on your physical appearance or your cultural background, uh, anyone and everyone can uh, potentially be affected. And, you know, just recently, uh, The Rock, um, that uh, great American actor um, who, you know, physically or ostensibly looks like the toughest, biggest man possible. Um, and he thinks that he's flying. He's in every different movie every three months. He'd have 100 exactly. million bucks in the bank minimum. So you think, well, he'd be right. Massively successful in lots of ways. Um, but, you know, he, he came out and acknowledged some problems that he'd had earlier in his life. Um, he had a pretty tough background. And, and, you know, we've had other people come on the show who ostensibly been successful in their careers, have great relationships. And I know personally that you can have all of those things and that doesn't necessarily rule out the possibility of struggling with mental health. And personally, you've had experience. Maybe you can tell us a bit about what drew you into this area. Someone who on the outside looked like he was doing great, but wasn't doing so well uh, internally. Well, for me, I lost a friend of mine called Angus Roberts. And Doc, to be absolutely clear, he was like a bit of a superhero to me, you know, without the cape. He was a man that taught me how to swim. He actually married my cousin. So he was in my life from a, he was about 10 years older than me. So he was a sports teacher originally. I went out to Trinity Grammar School, which is where he was teaching. And I just wanted to be him. As I got older, I always asked him for advice. I always asked him when I broke up with a girlfriend or if I was feeling a little bit funny, you know, just as you're growing up, he was a mentor, someone that I could talk to. And I knew that he had my back and I knew that I could trust him with whatever I was saying to him, you know, real personal stuff. And, um, he, he, he rocked all of us at, when he took his own life and um, he just seemed to me to be the least likely person to do it because he seemed to have all the answers and now I've had a little bit of time to think about it, I realise that he was such a sponge for everyone else that perhaps, you know, he never felt that he could ask for help himself. So he took his own life. So that rocked me and I didn't really talk about it for about eight or nine years and then eventually his family started talking about it. They started doing fun runs and they started doing charity events for Lifeline and I realised then that we probably had permission to talk to them about their dad and their and my cousin's husband. So off the back of that, I was able to host a TV show, Man Up, as you know, on the ABC. And then from there, I just couldn't let it go. And I realised that even though I wasn't the finished article, I still feel very much a work in progress. I felt that I had stumbled across some stuff that perhaps needed to be a little bit more out there in the mainstream. I talk about it more on the grill team, the radio show I'm on on Triple M um, each morning. I feel we've 
don't need to ask permission anymore to have that type of conversation, whereas in the past you probably would have a, have a mental health week to even talk about things that are that are going on in a man's head. And off the back of that, Doc, I um, started a uh, foundation called the Gotcha for Life Foundation and, and that raises money which we then give to people that um, firstly um, – Lifeline, uh, men answering the telephones, not many of those, more women than men. And men want to talk to men when they have these sort of issues. So we've now got a um, scholarship that pays for all the uh, training for any man who wants to become a a lifeline counsellor on the phone. So that's really important. And also uh, we power a program called Tomorrow Man, which is um, Tom Harkin's program, which is all about, you know, just trying to build a better man for tomorrow rather than with all the stereotypes which are unfortunately are killing us. When I first found out about mental illness, I didn't realise that we lose six Australian men every single day to suicide. We lose two girls to suicide. Like if that was the the road toll, they'd ban cars, you know, and we, we just don't talk about it enough. And I don't think we talk about enough that it's okay not to be okay. So Gotcha for Life is something I hope will be my legacy that I can leave and I certainly feel as if I can uh, save some lives. If We've certainly saved some already, but we'll save many more into the future. So that's sort of what I do now outside of talking with you on the podcast and talking to the grill team and my family. For people that don't know me, I've got a wife and three kids, live on the northern beaches of Sydney. I've been on the grill team, Triple M's Brecky Show, for nearly nine years. And doing this podcast with you is immense because there's so many questions that I needed to be answered and you're very inclusive and, and, and caring. And I think that's why this podcast is going to be such a success because you can actually you're – the, you're the every man, but you can also – talk with real authority. Oh, thanks, Gus. It's, um, oh, no, it's, it's fantastic to be part of this because you, you and I love sport. And one of the things that's always interested me when if we take something from that into the mental health area is that everyone knows that the great sports people and the best athletes still have coaches because they know that as great as they are at the moment, they can still be better. There's always some area of their game that they can work on. Mm. And yet in other areas of our life, particularly men, I think, are afraid to ask for help. A great footy player is not afraid to ask for help. If, if he thinks he can improve his kicking game or his running game or whatever, you know, he'll find someone, a coach or a mentor to do that. Well, why should we think that we're 100% expert in every other of our life when we're not? We can't possibly be, particularly when it comes to managing our emotions, for example. You know, that's challenging. It's hard. But the good news is there are people out there that can help us. Um, and you found someone and I found someone. And then um, it doesn't even have to be a professional. I mean, one of the great guests that we had on, uh, on one of our episodes is a guy called, or his sort of business name is Mr. Perfect. And it's mm. basically just about gathering groups of blokes around to talk to each other. And mm. it's a great idea, really simple idea around a barbecue, because that's something that particularly us men are not so good at. Women tend to be better at that social networking mm. You know, we've we've lost some of that connectedness, which is which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, it is. We need to connect, and sometimes, you know, connecting just with one person can be enough. You know, Gotcha for Life is all about finding that one person that's got you for life, warts and all, that you can ring up and talk to at any time about anything, and you know you're not going to be judged, and you know that uh, they're going to be sitting there looking after you rather than any other sort of reason. So, if you've got a problem, if you've got an issue, and you talk about it, more likely to be able to come up with a, a solution or at least be able to sort of get through that particular moment, which is, you know, taking so many of our young blokes. Doc, could I ask you a little bit about um, your own life? Because when I talk to you or if I look at you and when you're doing your presentations and so forth, you know, you're very 
well respected, you're collected, you know what you're talking about and stuff, but it hasn't always been that way for you personally. And I think that's why I'm so glad that we did this podcast together is because you've actually shown real vulnerability yourself and you've come out the other side. So it's literally what we're trying to talk about in this podcast. So can can you let our listeners in on your story? Uh, yeah, sure. Look, we touched on in a couple of the episodes that um, my passion for this topic comes from two perspectives. So it's firstly, professionally, I've spent all of my adult life pretty much being a psychologist in some way or other, but also from personal experience that for most of my adult life on and off, I've struggled with depression, including when I was younger, two attempts to actually take my life. Um, and I didn't tell anyone about that for a long time, partly because of some of the issues that we've covered in these um, uh, in, in these episodes, partly because of the stigma, partly because I didn't even know I didn't even understand myself, even though I was studying psychology, I didn't even really understand it or know what to do about it. And then when I got married and have kids, I thought I didn't want, you know, didn't want to sort of distract from the kids and all that. And then, and, and, and throughout that, there were many happy years, but it's certainly something that, um, that I now feel almost an obligation that I've got a bit of a platform, I suppose, to talk about it. And that if I can say, yes, I have suffered, but I'm still here and I'm still going and I'm helping others and there's no reason that I should be ashamed about that than the fact that I've, I'm short-sighted and I wear glasses or the fact that I've got a, a scar from having my appendix out or that I you know, broke my thumb once. So, you know, These were sort of physical injuries in a sense that no one will be ashamed about. Why should I be ashamed about having a psychological injury for want of a better phrase? You do so much more than just see obviously people as a doctor. You actually do quite a bit of lecturing. You do quite a little, quite a bit of work with a few different charities. Do you want to talk about those now? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity. I guess. So yeah, most of my work now is public speaking at conferences and within organisations, I guess most of the work I've done in the last decade or so is corporate work, helping build positive cultures. But probably my main activity in the last years has been with a great group called Batyr, um, B-A-T-Y-R, who are a youth mental health charity. And what I'm particularly passionate about them uh, is two reasons, really. One, they're about youth. And I think you know, it's so important to get in early. Um, I look at the work they do now and think, God, if I'd had something like that when I was in, you know, when I was 15 or 16 or whatever, that would have been so valuable. And and the, the work they're doing by getting into these young kids in high school and universities is, you know, starting those conversations, hopefully before the problems really get too big. The other thing they do is there are many people like me around who offer great services. You know, there are great psychologists and counsellors and psychiatrists, etc. But what we also know is that for every person that walks in the door of their local doctor or psychologist or whoever it might be, there's another four or five or six or seven out there who never seek help, who suffer in silence. And that's a real pity because obviously, we, you know, I can't help someone if they don't come to me. No, no doctor can help a patient who doesn't walk in their door. And there are various reasons for that, but probably the main one is stigma. And this is something that we're obviously trying to bust by having these conversations, yeah. to bust that negative stigma associated with with having depression or anxiety or whatever it might be. And so this is what Batir do so well by having conversations and saying it's okay not to be okay. Sometimes it's just having that initial awkward start to a conversation. A lot of young people that I talk to, they go, I really wanted to talk about it, but in the end they sort of lashed out, which made people realise there was a problem, and then they worked it backwards and went, or oh, actually this has been going on for quite a while. So if you can have that conversation, even if it's awkward, write it down, send a text message, whatever it might be, because the people around you, the people, your family, your friends and stuff, they will love you. They will respect you. They will understand, um, especially if you pick the right type of people. Sometimes people don't and that can be a problem, but just keep asking until someone gives you help. 
Yeah, a really, really good point there. Uh, you know, it is difficult because, again, we're not so we're not trained to talk, have these conversations. We're not taught to. We're taught to suck it up, actually. And we, everywhere you look around in our society, it's this macho man, it's this stereotype that's impossible to live up to. And unhealthy and, and, and deadly, really. So 100% right. Um, so we do need to say, you know, imagine a person who never got upset, who never got angry, never got sad, never felt anxious. It, it's, very, it's very hard to imagine. But it's also, it would be, pretty freaking weird when you mm. think about it, it would be really really weird to think of someone that never got upset so the point is it's totally normal it's just part of being a human being that we will experience these things we feel sad when we lose something you know if we lose a loved one or something goes wrong we we get frustrated we we get angry these are normal human emotions there's nothing wrong with them at all we shouldn't be embarrassed about them or ashamed of them clearly it's a problem when it goes beyond a certain point yeah that's when the sort of normal human emotions become abnormal or, or you know, um, problematic where we start to get a diagnosis, start to look at treatment. But what we need to get, to get over is this idea that admitting that I'm upset is somehow a weakness. Um, it's not at all. It's just no more a weakness than admitting, you know, you can't change the clocks when daylight saving comes around or, <laughs> or you can't fix the car when it breaks down. And in one of our episodes, we talk about social media which is such a big part of our lives yeah. these days. And, you know, like everything has good and bad. There's pros and cons. But one of the problems, I suppose, that's come out of the social media age is this idea that you've got to have thousands of friends. You know, you want to get thousands of likes. Um, and I guess depending on what you do, that's, you know, neither here nor there, I suppose. But what we know from the research is we don't need to have thousands of friends. And, in fact, it's unrealistic. No, mm. no person can really have – they're not good friends. You just can't have no, that many. You couldn't invest the time into them. Definitely not. What, what, and what the research shows is we really only need one or two. And they, what I'm talking about here are good friends, someone, you know, like a, a gotcha for life mate, someone that you can call up at any time, someone that you can say anything to. If you've got one or two of them, you're doing bloody well. Mm. You, you know, really, that will significantly increase your chances of living a healthy, happy, long life. If you've got a couple more than that – Fantastic. But that's all you really... And, and I think this is sometimes... Sometimes people feel kind of inadequate because they've only got one friend or two friends. Well, you're doing great. You're yeah. doing great if you've got that. What I love about the podcast, um, just the generosity, the honesty of our guests. Some people you'd know who are very well known and others you may not know as well, but just the fact that they gave their time up for nothing and they gave a lot of themselves. And I think that's probably what we'd love everyone to do from this podcast is just to show a little bit of honesty, drop the bullshit, drop the drop the act, if you like, just with the odd person, just so someone at least knows exactly how you honestly feel about stuff. Oh, without a doubt. Look, I think we've been um, incredibly privileged to have some amazing people. As you said, some sort of with a higher profile than others, but all inspirational in their own ways. Um, and as you said, they've all spoken about their professional or sort of public face in a way, but also been very open about some of their personal issues, which is a really great balance. And hopefully, you know, if they can do that, then then I think both you and I will be very proud that we've helped at least some people out there become better men. If this episode caused any concerns, please contact lifeline.org.au or give them a call, 13 11 14. The Be A Man podcast series is presented by me, Gus Warland, and my great mate, Dr. Tim Sharp, produced by the beautiful Liv Proud, and executive producer is Jennifer Goggin. Be A Man is recorded at the studios of Podcast One Australia. For more episodes of Be A Man, head to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or look us up on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review us.